And in three, two, one. Got with me here, Zubair Abbasi. How Good goes evening. it? It's going really well. Yeah, you just get home from something exciting, or what's up with you in your life now? Uh, yeah, just got home um, camping out at Burning Man. Nice. Um, what, a, what are you a part of there? I am a part of a camp called Robot Heart. Nice. It is a sound camp. So it's not trying to bridge the gap between human and robots being able to have sex for robot heart, <laughs> robot love. No, no, that's that's definitely not the. Alright, too off. Yeah. So you're like uh, really into sound, or? Uh, I mean, I I I like it all. I like, you know, I like I like sound. I like lights, lasers. I agree. And just for everyone listening, we're neighbors now. Yeah, we. <laughs> we can I, immediately break it. The green screen's already off. I'm I, I I'm actually barefoot. Are you really? Yeah. I'm barefoot most shows. It's such a short table. I end up touching the guest foot once or twice during the show. And I won't hold it against you. I'm, I'm starting to start, like, should I just mess with guests and just keep go, keep doing it? Like, <laughs> like, we're, like, 40 minutes in. They're not going to, like, stop the show and be, like, you Is know. This, it's that kind of show, huh? Yeah, it's, it's this kind of show. <laughs> Kenzie starts touching their feet as well. It's just, like, a three-person <laughs> foot fest. But, yeah, salute to margaritas. Thank you very much, muchacho. Salute. And you brought a... Thank you. A jewel, the the horrific thing that Kenzie and I, for multiple episodes, were like, oh, we're three days off. Yeah. We're four days off. Back on it, baby. We're back on it. That nicotine grind. It's a slippery slope. It was. So, would you be down to talk about Burning Man for a while? What was your experience like this year? Because it was kind of a COVID year, but kind of not. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it was definitely a unique year. Um, I think the general consensus is that it's most likely never going to be set up the way it was this year. Um, there was no organization, uh, meaning the Burning Man organization. So it was a quote unquote renegade burn slash free burn slash, you know, um, yeah, I think they called it something else. But anyways, it renegade burn seemed like seemed like people really caught on to what was going on out there once the live streams started popping up. Yeah, you mentioned that, uh, just so people, again, we're neighbors, so as soon as you came back, we talked. So wh what is the live stream? It's only on the first day, or they start live streaming the whole event? They, I'm, I'm seeing all kinds of videos popping up, um, recordings of the live streams that are all over YouTube now. So people like you, like someone who just goes, just pretty much live streams with their phone, the event, like walking around. So I, I don't, I don't take my phone out at all while but I'm out someone, there. Someone in your position, it's not like a, oh, like a burning man official like group or anything, does it? Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, there. This year, the, I mean, everybody was recording. There were just thousands of drones, and you know, all the phones were out. Yeah. Twitch, you name it. I hate people who pull out their phones and record all the time. <laughs> it's literally me. Yeah, I. I'm I can't, not guy. I can't really, I, I, I can't really experience something like that behind a phone. I, I'm really grateful for the friends and people who do capture it. Yeah, but. that's nice. That's what, that's what I realized. I just had to become my own person because it's like if you're rich enough, you just have someone hang out with you all the time who documents your life for you. And you're like, oh, what are those doing two years ago? And someone else has it all like cataloged. But I'm like, I got to be my own person at some point if I, if I want to get this done. Right. Like Kanye has like two or three people just follow him around with like nice cameras and stuff. I'm like... It's an interesting life to live, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, it'd be cool if you were like that big of a celebrity to like make an, your own documentary about your own life at some point mm -hmm. and you get to craft it and stuff. But yeah, anyways, yeah. how was how sleep out there? You're wearing an aura ring. You're the only other guest or person. I don't have, uh, usually have it in here, but um, uh, I wore an aura ring. I left my aura ring at home. Oof. Well, probably good, man. Losing that out there on the playa. Yeah, yeah I didn't, I, I didn't really see uh, the need for it out there. Your ring would just tell you, bro, you got bad sleep for three days. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Was there COVID fears like out it. there? Anything like that? COVID fears? Yeah. Just like being, if I was on a no sleep fueled bender of like a week, I'd be like, oh, my immune system's shot, you know? Mm. More well, I mean, sure, that it's, it's the reality that we're living in. So it's definitely, you know, a major factor. This is why most people didn't show up. It's why the organization canceled the event this year. Yeah. So there's definitely a fear of that, right? Um, I think I think the desire for connectivity was completely overcome. Yeah. So people it's wanted to be there. They showed up and it was, you know, it was, I'm sure you'll see videos of it. It wasn't like a, you know, 
like a half baked burn. It was it was full blown. Full for sure. on. I mean, yeah. things like Lollap Blues and stuff happen. So it's like yeah. we're living in such a weird world where everything's so different. But more or less, like I say that because like I took Adderall for like three days in a row, mm -hmm. and at the end of it, I like felt empty or like I felt open to attack by any sort of like thing that wanted to hit me. And I'm like, I think this is what I have to be the most careful about in this world currently. You know, I mean, also I'm just seeing guests all the time. For people listening, I had two shows planned. Both of them bailed. Independent people, they don't even know each other because one of their housemates got COVID. So they're like, I'm starting to realize, I'm like, oh, Delta's hitting Oregon in such a way that I'm like, it's starting to affect me. And I'm really, yeah. honestly, pretty lucky to say it's affecting me in the sense that guests are bailing, not like a loved one's sick or something like right. that. Right, or guests giving it to you. Yeah. <sighs> That's for another time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally, I, I didn't spend any time in anyone's like RV or enclosed space. Do you normally at burn? So how many times have you been to burn? Like four or five? I've been going since 2015. Nice. Minus last year because the actual real. Correct. Vid locking down the world. Normally, do you like go into each other's camps and like meet new people? How many numbers would you leave Burning Man with? Like a hundred? What do you mean? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe you've seen me at places. Like I usually leave like a small party of 10 people with two or three people's phone numbers. Oh, yeah. To like connect with because uh -huh. I mean, it seems like if you're a normal Burning Man where you're like going into people's camps and chilling, like you'd leave with a whole new address book of friends, you know? Yeah, that's that's definitely um, the case here. I, I I connected with quite a few people and walked away with potentially lifelong friends. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, that's kind of in many ways how we met. How I'm living here as a, as a big gratitude. Thank you, man. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. Kenzie and I are living here for everyone listening because of this man right here. We, I've kind of like mentioned you in a couple episodes, but I'm like, thank you. Immediately clicked off, and then a spot right next to you came open, and for the first time in Kenzie and I's life, we have community. Yeah, which feels unbelievably good because we've been just like it's wild how isolating it is mm -hmm. to be in existence. Yeah, and it's like all your friends are like working these different hours or like they have other priorities and like friend groups split apart and it's just like it's like grasping at straws. I always used to say like those shows. I mean like uh, your wife watches Thirty Rock a lot. Kenzie and I watch it. Like there's such a tight knit group of friends that like if someone does something really bad, they're like get it. We'll love the person at the end of the episode. Mm. When in real life you just don't ever talk to that person right. again. Yeah. I'm happy that Burning Man happened this year because you, you said the, the community overtook like the fear of COVID. Like people still showed up this year. I think that's important. We're like being so decentralized in terms of getting to see people face to face. It's totally. heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, there, there were um, a lot of measures taking, taken to uh, ensure health and safety. Um, and as, as far as I know, we as a group walked away relatively scratch free. Nice. Curious if this is going to muffle my voice, not to not to interrupt you at all. Is it weird not making eye contact with me? No. Looking at um, a green amorphous blob. Your outfit is definitely something I'm really used to, especially right now. <laughs> especially right now. <laughs> it's funny because, like, for me, if I was looking at a green person, it'd be so much harder for me to connect. I think I've mentioned it to you before. Like, when people wear, like, sunglasses and stuff and I can't see their eyes, yeah. there's so much humanity lost. But you, don't, you probably don't feel that way, do you? Um, you don't mind who you're looking or talking to? No. I, it doesn't bother me. I'm extremely aesthetic. It's funny. Kenzie used to have a, a, a dog that it, I disliked purely because of aesthetics. It was the kindest, most well-trained dog in the whole world. But some mm -hmm. part of me, some overriding part of me was like, I want to live in a very aesthetic, beautiful world, you know, as you can tell by how <laughs> I randomly, I mean, last time you saw me, I had long hair, I had a beard. And now I, uh, I went for the trim. I went for the shave. Yeah. You're, you're all buzzed up. I'm all <clears throat> buzzed up on a Tuesday. You ever shave your beard? I've never seen you as shorter than a it's been a while. beard. Why would you shave it? It's magnificent. Thank you. It's been a few years. Um, it grows. It gets cut. Yeah. The cycle goes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. The cycle <laughs> continues. Uh, but to get back to sleep, man, would you like like what's your experience with sleep in general the past like five or ten years? Well, I've I've always. Um, when it comes to sleep, I, I definitely find myself um, thinking about every single thing that I'm working on or I'm excited about, looking forward to. Totally. So uh, I get I get a lot of good thinking. Daydreaming in. Yeah, and, and lots of problem solving. Um, nice. It's quiet, not getting distracted. It's a way better place to be than just laying there in fear at night. Like, I mean, sometimes yeah. when I can't, especially with THC, like if I have any sort of like, take a puff of weed, dude, at like 10 o'clock, I'm not going to sleep till 3 a.m. And I lay there the whole time thinking, how could I fix my life? 
or like how could things improve you know mm. but yet you're in bed so you don't want to like get up and actually make changes so if you're just like yeah right daydreaming in a nice productive way that's got to be a blast yeah so um that being said it does interrupt my sleep quite a bit um like what's your average sleep like have, have you checked what your average like monthly sleep is um it, it wasn't it wasn't anything impressive it wasn't anything impressive, but it might be impre- like, I think a lot of people listening also maybe sleep less than like the traditional amount for people. Yeah. And I'm curious if you just have like similar experiences. Cause I'm on the other side. I sleep. I mean, my average sleep last, last month was 10 hours. I uh-huh. wake up past noon, still tired. Like I'm like, I'm at a place where I'm like, like we're on literally opposite sides of the spectrum where I view someone like you as having more productive hours in a day mm-hmm. because you have to sleep less. So I'm mm. curious, like what are like, do you perceive downsides? Like, do you feel fatigued during the day or anything? If you get like two hours of sleep? Well, um, so I, I have an inverted circadian rhythm. So which means, which, which, which effectively means that, that I, my natural bio clock wants to be on the opposite schedule of, you know, the basic way our society set up. Society and, um, does not like that. <laughs> no, um, it, it does not. It's hard to connect with, Even, because it's, yeah. you know, you are constantly speaking from your personal experience. Totally. And so you always hear things like, why don't you try sleeping earlier? <laughs> why don't you try melatonin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why don't you try uh, meditating before you go to sleep? Yeah. All of everything. Warm milk, sheep, you name it. It's been offered. <laughs> yeah. But you won't sleep. Like, like, what if you had everything you wanted in life? Do you think you just like all of a sudden just be able to sleep? Um, I imagine you had no more things well, that, to daydream that's a, about. That's a tough question, right? Like everything I want in life. So what, what does that mean? Um, what what I ultimately want is to help humanity and make a change to increase love that we have for each other and um, decrease the suffering that 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 a lot of us are enduring. Jeez, that's some loftier goals, man. Those are t- I'm kidding. Those so. like, I want to change humanity for the better for the rest of forever. Well, yeah, like, they keep me up at night too, man. Yeah, I mean, well, well, it's you know, it's not like I'm like, oh, you know, I want a big mansion and a, a Ferrari or something like that. It's, I want those things too. Um, I want my friends to have them so I can have fun with them. So but I, have, I know, <laughs> seriously, I should probably redirect my efforts and resource, dude. If I had like an eighty thousand dollar car. If I didn't drive it for like a week, I would feel so guilty. I mean, you're like, you actually are aware, like you, you parked my car in Bend for a week and I didn't use it. If I had a really nice car, the amount of guilt I'd feel for how little I use it would be like, fuck man. Yeah. And then what would I just be like making up reasons to drive places? Right. So. Yeah, I definitely hear that. But a nice house. Kenzie and I are starting to realize like this small of a house is honestly plenty for us. Like, I love it. We were just thinking, so our, uh, the downstairs roommate, which means we can clomp around. You know me, I'm a heel stepper, especially yeah. down the stairs. Uh, it's been nice that she's been gone just because we can be loud, but then it's like, fuck, what would we do if we had that whole rest of the house? It'd be mm. way too much space for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely like um, really good intentional use of space. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I store mm. things from the ground to the ceiling it's the nicest thing ever just being like space is utilized efficiently you know you don't need a whole lot of space ultimately and you know it just means that you're gonna have to dust in (laughs) vacuum areas Uh, that are unoccupied a part-time job now cleaning and reorganizing the place right and it's just sits empty yeah that's the weird thing we're like kenzie in our position where it's like our bedroom is the living room so it's like how do we ever have people over Mm. like do we just have everyone sit on our bed what what the hell are we gonna do yeah winter's coming we're not gonna spend that much time outside probably not it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's just like a huge group of friends go all in on a community center. And then it's like, all right, let's go hang out at like the central, like everyone rents out one house and then so it's cool. just a chill. It's like video games, central, it's yeah. like board games. It's any like tennis, anything or not tennis, but badminton, anything you want. It'd be fun, man. If Eugene had more like free places for people to go and connect and meet each other. Cause I'm like, we're lucky enough, all three of us here and your wife, if she was here that we have a life partner, but like, dude, if the pandemic hit and I didn't have like, partner in my life i'd be like how the fuck am i gonna meet someone yeah that's that's a that's kind of scary huh scary in the sense that so many people are probably going through that right now where i'm like you know like maybe you could just try your hand at like 
Tinder or something, but it's like, dude, you're not meeting people like organically anymore. It's sure. weird for the show. Every, like a lot of people are coming over to my house who I've never met before, mm -hmm. which is a weird experience. It's like, hey, come in through my bedroom into a, a podcast room. We've never met. I've messaged you online right. like once or twice, but yeah. that's the way the world's moving. I mean, that's how I met mm -hmm. Mark and kind of how I met through you was yep. through the internet. So it's like, it's becoming an interesting way of, uh, of communicating and meeting mm -hmm. new folks, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, Definitely better than than uh, struggling through some loneliness while we're having so much turmoil. Loneliness is one of those things that like slowly eats at you, much like probably like not enough sleep for at least when I get it again, I'm like a 10 hour sleeper. So if I get six hours of sleep, much like the end of the three days of Adderall where I felt like empty and like tired, like not having people who you can like reliably just like, it's just such a weird mm -hmm. thing. I've noticed like, cause Kenzie and I've been together like five years now, the longer that we're together, the more comfortable I feel doing anything and or nothing. But like, sometimes you meet new friends or like when you're meeting new people, you feel like, oh, I've got to stay exciting for this person. And that can be exhausting and almost isolating in its own way where mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't cure loneliness just to be around new people. There's something to the amount of time you've known and spent with someone. Yeah, for sure. So I don't, know, I don't know how to fix that, man. But it, just in terms of your like lofty goals, not even lofty goals. Yeah. I would say really positive in terms of an aspirational way of goals. Like if everyone had that goal of, of just helping humanity get better, we'd be heading to a lot better direction pretty soon. I think a lot of people's goal is just to buy a house and get a nice car. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of leading us down this path where I'm like, Whoa. well, we just start accumulating things and then we, then we start protecting the accumulation of the things. Protecting accumulation of things is massive. A, a way that I heard it phrased was people spend like the most of their life figuring out how to turn their time and energy into money right. and things, but not how to turn money back into happiness and time, Right. which is like this weird dichotomy of like people are foregoing happiness in terms of future happiness mm. that never comes because you lose like kind of the, you know, you, the community. Like, I mean, for example, I never see my brother. I don't see a lot of my friends from high school or middle school anymore. I'm like, Dude, our generation is probably going to be like the loneliest one in all of existence. Yeah. Well, um, that's a part of the reason why it's good to start ensuring the the preservation of, of the earth for the future generations. Yeah. That's what really gets me uh, heartbroken at night is when I have a really productive day, it hits the end of it. And I'm like, what am I working for if like none of this is going to exist in a decade, you know? Right. I'm like. There's a genuine, it's an encroaching fear that like, just with the, cause we're literally living in it. Eugene, Oregon's having more like smoke every year to the point where I'm like, is this a sustainable place to live? Where like, is? Where is? But then, yeah, you look at it and you're like, everywhere has some downside. And if you're in Hawaii, like the weird thing about living on an island, dude, is like if supply chains broke down, mm -hmm. how dangerous it would feel to be in an isolated place that doesn't have like enough food to sustain everyone there. I had some friends who were in Hawaii during COVID and they moved the minute they could. Away from Hawaii? Yeah. Wow. If I had the finances to live in Hawaii, that would seem like a place I would go during COVID to get away from the world. That's yeah. Why'd they move? That's interesting. I mean, it was tough living there. Mm. Absolutely everything was locked down. Resources were starting to become limited. Um, there were lots of travel restrictions. So people started becoming distant um, from one another and isolated from each other as well. But, I mean, I'm sure... There are plenty of experiences that are the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, almost what's isolating in its whole own new way is you almost have to jump onto a bandwagon of some political party. Like, like that's mm. what I appreciate. And I think why we connected so well immediately is that neither of us really care about politics. Whereas most people I meet in life really deeply uh, kind of bring into their life the fact that politics should dictate who they interact with in life. Gotcha. You know, I'm like... I don't know, like if I have friends who are like just walk, t watch Tucker Carlson religiously or some friends who just watch AOC religiously, I'm like, I don't think that I should think of them any more negatively because they're just, they think they're doing good for the world, man. Mm -hmm. It's weird, but I don't know, more, more and more I've had to, I've gotten a lot of uh, people pushing back on me and like people coming to coming at me like, oh, you're associating with this person mm -hmm. who's of a different tribe than they are. Right. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm associating with you and they view you as a different tribe than they are. Right. It's weird. We're, we're, we're crossing like racial and religious boundaries into like a new kind of religion race, mm -hmm. which is where do you fit on the spectrum? Right. Well, it's kind of always been that it's just seems to be getting a little bit more polarizing and we are in each other's faces a whole lot more. Each with faces social media and 
you Would know. you stay off of a surprising amount? You're like one of the most low-key people. The fact that you're doing a show is pretty pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah. You're, you're a very low-key guy. And it's funny because I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, I have my, like, a Googleable name, and I come up with hundreds of hours of me giving my unfettered opinion. And then so that's why, like, when people give me, like, oh, I think during one episode, I think you said something that was kind of, I'm like, if I filtered everything I say, mm. the show would be even worse to listen to. The show would be <laughs> atrocious if I, like, had to, like, think for a couple seconds and be like, how am I going to phrase this in a way that insults nobody? Because there's no way, like, everyone's been either through, like, some sort of trauma, like, there's no way that you can speak for hundreds of hours without insulting someone, sure. man, or, like, like, triggering someone's base instinct, which is like, whoof. A dangerous place to live so you, you do you fit on the other side of the spectrum for a reason like why do you live a a life that's more of uh very like hidden in terms of social media and public figures i mean it's just not an avenue that i spent a whole lot of time on if it came um, organically like all of a sudden you were like a figure who like tons of people were waiting for your every tweet would you like it or would you actively dislike a world where that was your reality well i would hope that i'm ready for that yeah it's a big thing where it's like you probably spend time reading every comment for a while. So it's like, does it have to come slowly? If it comes quickly, if all of a sudden you woke up tomorrow and you had a million people commenting on your, your outfit, your looks, what everything you said, it'd probably be pretty, pretty, uh, you know, cognitively damaging for that whole day. Would I get anything done? Um, I don't know, I guess. I'd have to run into it firsthand to see how I'd respond. From firsthand from one or two comments I can say I think about <laughs> not even like that but like uh, before we rolled uh, I think I mentioned to you like I was still thinking about a comment that someone that we both knew uh, just said in front of us or like to us like a week or two ago and it's interesting because I'm not typically that person normally I'm like living in the moment enough that I don't like think about things but there's like these larger um, kind of things moving in my head of like when I move from one topic to another and the topic that I'm currently on is because one thing that was sparked was uh, someone mentioned someone commented someone that was someone was privileged and I'm like that person's gone through a lot of like heartache trauma or whatever you want to say it in life and I'm like I'm actually going to start pushing back like I've had guests on the show like openly just like as soon as they say something like and I recognize I'm a privileged blank 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 and I'm like oh that's a weird thing to, like it's almost like pledging allegiance to the flag you're like saying it and I'm like I'm going to start pushing back against that because we don't know everyone's whole life story you know like if, if a rich like rich white straight male who's like the most privileged person what if they were like beaten or verbally abused or sexually abused their whole childhood it's like that person's not privileged that person has it rough mm. and we have no idea so i'm starting to it's circumstantial it's very circumstantial so i'm starting to be like hardcore against people making blanket statements based on uh certain attributes of a person's character you know mm. what can you do though but it's funny, my, my, my Apple Watch is going off, but there's no way I can change it because it's <laughs> under a green suit. This is my first green suit episode. <laughs> can tell Siri to do something. I can tell Siri. Hey, hey silence this. <laughs> I know, I was thinking about putting a, a speaker in here. So, like, I don't know, like, whenever, like, someone's, like, thinking of something, we could just play it on YouTube, like, through here. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, how distracting would that be to have her Googling something the whole time, listening to stuff, and have to deal with copyright? So, right. for the time being, it's just a straight-on-straight, one-on-one interaction with people. Keeping it low-key. I can't seem to see what's going on you even say her name <laughs> you get copyrighted by apple <laughs> but funny. yeah um i dig the coat man are you normally someone who dresses up uh i mean i'm i'm definitely uh up for getting dressed up and partying with close friends from time to time i like and it and I think this jacket didn't make it out to the dust with me. So. It did. Well, why would it? That that it'd be heartbreaking if that. You may want to move the mic a little bit in front of you. Oh, that'd be hard. Imagine that jacket comes out with like a burn mark on it, oh. just dust caked on it. Oh. It, it it would get it get upcycled. It'd get upcycled. You give it to it just a different friend. Uh, I'm no, bestowing I, this upon you. I would you. sew it into another jacket. Nice. You just make it into a hundred patches. It'd live on forever. Yeah. Upcycling's cool, man. So you you actually are kind of in the process of building a. Uh, uh, almost a place that you could sleep in, a home of sorts. But I, I believe you said the the vision of it for was like an upcycled. What do you call it? Earth home or something like that. Earthship. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like living your morals all the way to the core. Like some people are like, oh, I'm really for um, environmental stuff, but then they just like they buy a new car, they right. do this and that, and like who cares, you know? Yeah. Uh, is it hard for you to live like your your morals all the way? Like if if you just bought something that was super wasteful, do you feel like a little heartbreak in you when that happens? Well, I, I generally make informed decisions when I'm spending my money. Um, but that being said, 
I still buy stuff on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I guess you have to kind of prioritize, as far as I can see it, you got to be able to, to um, accept your own process. For me personally, I'm not able to live 100% of the way that I want, but I'm moving towards that. Um, you know, ultimately, I would want to be, uh, I want to be a person who actually moves the needle when it comes to um, creating processes that kind of change how we by the way, Live. pretend like ignore she exists. Like look this way or if anything that way. A lot of guests like really take her into account. I'm thinking of putting like a, uh, a, a shade over her or something. Straight through. Yeah, like a lot of people like tend to kind of like gravitate this direction. Rotate. I don't know how to figure it out because well, one camera has I'm to be over, over there. Here. Look completely <laughs> this direction. We just like stare into the camera the entire like time. Focus in. Uh, yeah, man. No, that's, it's, it's a, uh, I would say for a lot of my life I was like, trying to to live that way or think that way or have those be my goals of like i want to leave an impact on the world that changes it for the better and i started realizing that it was preventing me from being happy from like like doing all these things so i had to lower my goals as like quote unquote sad as that sounds but like just keep yeah. making footwork and no longer looking at the big picture because it's like there's a lot of seven billion people in the world man in, or, in order to make like a larger impact it's like what's needed to do that well i mean you just stay in that space you know it's an exploration and you can't really observe um, the impact that, that you're having. Um, for instance, I, I had some really enlightening conversations when I was out there and I was talking to this, this gentleman who had, you know, a heart to heart with someone else who had come back to him the next day and, you know, explained to him how, it meant so much to him to share that space and hold that conversation and that it really uh, gave him the perspective that he was looking for. Yeah. And the guy that he was giving the compliment to was totally blown away because he didn't expect for what he was trying to communicate to make that big of an impact. And it did. And it rippled out and he told you about how much it yeah, impacted him. Totally. That's why I do the show. So, I mean, that's, that's something small, but you, you know, it's, hard to know when you're making a difference yeah when it's incremental i'd say something small is the only way that anything positive happens i've noticed it in my life personally i'm curious if you have too positive things happen agonizingly slow and bad things happen really really quick like like people say with stocks like elevator or stairs up elevator down mm -hmm. but i've noticed that in terms of like progress in terms of personal happiness and and well-being is like like something good it's like hey you didn't like there's no winning the lottery in terms of like a job or in terms of like oh i'm connected into a community of people where i'm making a better man it's like you make one step at a time but then like when anything negative happens in your life whether it's like a health complication or whether it's like a, like a partner leaving or whatever it is mm -hmm. it's so much negative can happen in such an amount of time and people almost want it to be the opposite where it's like i want everything to come to life in one mm -hmm. single day and then uh, if anything bad happens i want it to be slow well that's unrealistic and so very impatient I think yeah. you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. That's your expectation. Right, so you're, you're 33. Yeah. So you're Jesus year. Jesus year. So you're, you're about 10 years older than me. What's the next decade of my life look like if I'm on a similar trajectory? What do you mean? Uh, between when you were like 23, oh, I, mean, gotcha. I just turned 24 and, and 33. How have, how's your life changed? Well, having just understanding that we have similar goals and aspirations and like directions we're heading in in life. Do I have a lot of heartbreak ahead of me in terms of like not getting what I hope happens or, or, had the last decade been pretty prosperous for you? I mean, you know, in your 20s, you kind of think you've got things figured out. Oh, I got things figured um, out. <laughs> Just play into it completely. There's a good amount of ambition. It's a really good time to learn more about yourself and, you know, and, and really search for, for what you're here to do. And so you figured out what you wanted to do how long ago? When, you, when, when I just asked you, like, what do you hope to, like, impact the world with? How long ago did you come up with that as your thing? Well, I mean, I, I, was, I was translating um, for the government before um, life-sensitive material from, from uh, about 2008 till 2016. So that was making a positive impact um, in the lives that I was able to. But it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't what I was 
hoping to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. How long and did you do that for? And that was with the Chinese government. You're you're Asian, right? No, it was <laughs> was it was with it was with the the U.S. government, um, and I did that for somewhere somewhere between eight to ten total years. Wow. Holy cow! Yeah. That would be intense work. Working with the government. Yeah. So um, once 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 I was finishing up my contracts, I um, I actually a friend of mine took me out to Burning Man, and that's where I found the passion to learn to create. So I, I was very much interested in fabrication and um, learning more about electronics. Like twenty six at that time, then twenty seven. If it was five, you first went twenty fifteen. So I guess that's seven years ago. Yeah, about, yeah. about just Later about twenties. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see how my my priorities shift in time because, like, I do my best to like kind of prioritize my life in the right. I, I think everyone does. Everyone tries to prioritize their life wrong, right? But everyone looking back, like, whenever I talk to people, like, have people on the show who are like 50, 60, and ask, like, you know, what changes would you make in your life? How would you prioritize things differently? Everyone's like, oh, I regret doing this, this, and this. Like, even wildly successful people, and I'm like, how? It's just weird not knowing what you don't know. Like, right. what? how much money it would be worth to talk to yourself in 10 years and be like, what piece of information could you give me that would save me years of heartache and, and trying working towards something like it's so heartbreaking to have a goal work for like two, three, five years and have it manifest into nothing and realize you were just wasting all that time and energy. Well, I mean, um, when, for me, when I found God, what I was truly passionate about, it started becoming more automatic. So I wasn't really thinking about anything else. Wow. And that was right after Burning Man. Uh, well, I mean, it took uh, it took quite a few years uh, after Burning Man. Um, you know, I, I, w I took it took the year after that to help my pops. He, he was going through um, some heart complications and he had he had some farmland um, overseas in Pakistan that he needed help with. So I gave um, about a year and a half, almost two years um, to help him out and that started to wear me down a little bit too i wasn't really progressing anywhere i wasn't really learning anything new um and the whole time in the back of your mind you had what happened was it what just events that happened at burning man or was it a specific conversation no it was just seeing such in inspirational people that were so accelerated when it came to creativity and engineering and yeah um it was it was just very inspirational i wanted to express um, creativity in that way as well because ultimately what I realized was humanity is really positively impacted by art. Art can transcend right. culture and generations. So that is a little bit more worthwhile to uh, you know try to work towards creating some some more happiness yeah for people to experience out there so it, it was very inspirational to start kind of peeling apart um any inspiration that had been kind of um piled up onto um as far as working jobs that weren't really allowing for that yeah so that happened in late 20s and then two years of working with your dad helping overseas yeah uh so how long have you been on the path that you're currently on like so how would you describe it you I, never i guess really even introduced yourself to like people who are brand new to seeing you so i mean what path are you on i i'm ago? i'm currently working um as an industrial designer so i'm d doing product development for an electric car company called arkimoto cool that sounds like a fun um, company some designing accessories to go along with the vehicle and working on some really special projects as well. Uh, I guess the way, the way that began was I started to learn software languages. So I started to learn how to model in CAD and um, there are very uh, brilliant fabricators in Eugene. There, there's a really, um, you know, strong, industrious population here. So um, I first started out by building a business with some friends where we were um, pretty much building for 
corporate events and festivals. Really? Not so Burning Man related, but like local events? No, um, no, these, these were corporate events. So like we, uh, like Amazon's sales events or Bonnaroo, the music festival, we did shade structures and nice. stage elements and lighting design. Um, we designed and built multiple um, trade show booths that went to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, cool. that happens down in Vegas every year where a lot of these major manufacturers display their, their new products, yeah. their new electronics. So did did quite a bit of that. Um, and then started working for an outdoor company and and diving into material science a little bit. And um, Was it like learning a new language? How many languages do you speak decently fluently? Um, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm a little bit out of practice, but I grew up fluently speaking five languages. Five languages. And was learning CAD almost like learning a new language? Like a lot of people say like code, like you're learning new code languages. Well, I mean, uh, it's you're you're effectively just using math to measure something and and modeling it and and the truth comes out. You're just a big fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, math. I mean, uh, when you go out there and you don't see the things that you want to see in the world, it means that you got to make them. So, Oof. what do you want to see in the world? What would you hope exists in like five to ten years? I hope better quality products all, all around. Seriously, um, I would like. I'd like to see more products being made in America. Um, I'd like to see, you know, the craftsmanship that we've been losing come back. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see that pride uh, in American manufacturing again. So the trajectory seems to be going the opposite way. Like a, a micro example of that is Kenzie and I go to uh, uh, Jerry's, which is a little like a kind of hardwood store, kind of like Lowe's or Home Depot for people. Uh, and if we used to go there, like, probably five or six years ago it's just like 60 year old people who have been spending their whole lives in the industry learning about it mastering it they can give you such knowledgeable information and now we go there and it's a bunch of like what 16 year olds who give us no information whatsoever know. no information like all these different like trades and crafts are like slowly dying right yeah i mean there's a lack of an interest in getting your hands dirty i guess yeah they're it well everyone sees tiktok or whatever these crazy apps are and they see like oh i could just become famous through one video or like like why would i work hard i was telling talking to kenzie earlier today or late last night where i mean we we're up to like 5 or 6 a.m <laughs> pretty much about how like dude the next generation of like people are growing up meeting people in masks without in-person school and they're just seeing all their friends become famous on on social media yeah who would work hard at that point who would want to be like i'm going to go master underwater welding or something that's actually like really important for infrastructure Sure. It's like when you could just be like, oh, I could just have an easy life. Well, I mean, there there are always easy options, right? Yeah. And physically, physically, easy. physically yeah. easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if that's the kind of person you are, then that's what you're gonna go for. It'd be cool if the world just went. More, it's, I mean, what do you even do to catalyze that change in terms of people just becoming almost like physically weaker in terms, like more meager? I mean, everyone works like desk jobs. Everyone's looking at a computer for like five to eight hours a day in the back of like, no, like, like physically we need to live in a world. Like you can't just push numbers around. That doesn't actually help society, help people live better, healthier lives. It doesn't help the planet. We need to, to, to catalyze a change in actual goods and physical things to be made more sustainably. Well, I mean, it's a part of it is the like ever growing need for capitalization. So it's like now you've made a product that you can sell in all corners of the world. So now you're pushing a product from, you know, one region everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it, if it's unnecessary, like a lot of the junk that gets, Tons of the junk. you know, that, that gets shipped over in these shipping containers and sits around. Yeah. It's crazy. Are you someone who takes to heart, like things like if you buy something that comes in like plastic container and you rip open the plastic and you're literally throwing away like an ounce, three for 10 grams of plastic, however much, just to get this item like i'm always doing it and i'm just filling up a trash can i'm like am i the baddie well um the, I, I was going to comment on that a little bit earlier so i guess for myself when 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 some of these things really started to become more and more apparent uh i i promised myself that you know any any decision that i'm making that's not a hundred percent in alignment with with what I'm moving towards, I have to make up for it. Oh, interesting. So you're like, you're, you're okay doing some damage as long as you do enough good on the other end of the deal. Moving towards doing nothing but good, hopefully someday. 
it's a lofty goal, but I really appreciate that there's people out there in the you world. Yeah, you got to be that. ambitious if you want to make changes. Yeah, I wonder if people like Elon or like other people like up the chain where they have like a lot bigger impact. Think I need to undo the good of all my workers or all my clients. Mm -hmm. Like, like eventually, how much? Good I don't know. Are you I, I just saw him. Saw him a couple of days ago. He's wasn't didn't seem too worried about. Didn't that. seem too heartbroken. Not, not a sweat on his head. Was was he at Burning Man? Yeah. Very cool. I know. I mean, Kenzie and I almost went this year, but we. We gave it up last minute. We said not for us this year. Yeah, well, it was it was uh, very unpredictable. I mean, I myself, you know, promising myself that I, I'm not gonna skip it ever again. I I, I didn't even know if I was gonna go a week a week ago. Yeah, you really. almost didn't go. Like it was literally up until probably like 12 days before you were like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going. And then one day you just texted me, you're like, I'm going to fucking Burning Man. Yeah. I was I was happy for you, man. I'm like, that'll yeah. be that'll be a trip. I'm sure that'll be massively good. Yeah, I mean, it, two years. Yeah. Two years without was not not fun. Not good for the soul. No, I was definitely running on some fumes as far as like you know fresh creativity, not fresh creativity, but just like a little bit of the passion was gone just from having to be in a like a sedentary space yeah. i guess in that way are you rejuvenated now and i gotta ask that you like at least moderately stay like centered around the mic like if you talk like this way or this way it just starts sounding like slightly yeah. slightly off i need i eventually i'll get like for guests like you'll get a helmet that they wear that the <laughs> mic's attached to, and then they can look anywhere they can do whatever they want but but i'm not quite there yet um yeah. so you feel rejuvenated it seems like after like five days in a desert i would feel like I'd come home and be pooped, you know, like most people probably use it as literally like a, like a, a almost like a binge of like a, a hedonistic kind of sort of experience where they're just like, ah, I took everything and I enjoyed everything and now I'm done. You actually gather some, some sort of energy and, and hope and enjoyment out of it, like for, for your work that you do. Well, I mean, here. like there's unlimited ways to do it. Um, but you got to figure out your process. You got to come in with your intentions, your goals. What were your intentions going into it? To reconnect with some very special human beings and to, to be there for a team to support in any way. Nice. Um, it was to stand in front of that sound system that's like nothing else in the world. Um, and just listen you know, to Baby it, Shark on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there were musicians from all around the world. It was it was very special. It's wild to know that that happens. What six hours away from here? Yeah, something like that. That's I guess. Crazy. That's you a, know, man, you stop why for can't gas. Just come and to Eugene, Oregon. After that, <laughs> it's like a little podunk town, but slowly becoming more of like a central hub for like cool technology people. I mean, we met some fun battery people and some fun like just just being again like in town, having a community. I've met more interesting people in the last two to three months than I have yeah. in years, just kind of like living out and doing my own thing. Like mm. I'm starting to really uh, kind of integrate the idea that you you can't do it alone. You know? No, definitely not. I mean, we're social creatures inherently. So, you know, you can't, you can't do it alone. You, you have to have a frame of reference and other people are where we're going to get that from. So many people want to do it alone. Kenzie and I just spent like probably three days spending like eight ten hours with someone where his whole goal is to like kind of move out and like almost homestead and it's like mm -hmm. it, it's such an interesting goal where if everyone had the goal of disconnecting from society as a whole it's like that's so unsustainable and well i mean you, there, you've got eight billion people you're gonna get every variety right like there are hermits out there there are in the deep woods and whatnot. By there. soul, there are some people who truly just want to live a life and yeah. do best I mean, in that. Keanu situation. Reeves does a great job being alone and single. He loves spending time with himself and yeah. speaks very highly. Yeah. When you saw uh, Elon Musk, did you run up to him and be like, just treat him like you didn't even know who he is? Like, you seem out of place. You look like a fucking nerd. <laughs> what are you doing here? It'd be you know, so it was, funny. It was more like, am I going to get my Cybertruck on time or what? Am I going to get my Cybertruck? <laughs> That'd be so funny. Just go ask him literally. <laughs> like, how are you doing on production? What are you doing out here? <laughs> Can you give me a forward thinking, uh, forward thinking statement right now? That'd be, that'd be really cash money of you. <laughs> it's funny. like, hey man, can you give me any uh, stock advice? Seriously. So We're between funny. friends here. I'm not going to tell anyone. You just <laughs> tweeted out immediately. Exactly. Elon Musk literally just told me cyber trucks are coming in 2026. <laughs> he handed me two Bitcoins. <laughs> he hands you a flash. He literally just goes there with flash drives. Everyone has oh. one Bitcoin on him. 
I mean, I would do that if I was like, all the money in the world, why wouldn't you just do something where someone hands you a flash drive like, yeah, this has 40K on it. I, I totally considered having some like actual Bitcoins made. <laughs> some like laser cut coins. So so chocolate. They're like those gold chocolate out. coins. Chocolate. I yeah. would love little, that. Yeah. <laughs> Pirate booty. Treasure. Treasures. <laughs> the, how do they not have Bitcoin? Uh, I mean, they have like, like, do, like one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right? oh, that would be a killing. Literally like a big piece a of stack. chocolate. Yeah, it has like raspberry or ginger or something good in the middle. Yeah. That's the next chocolate company. Yeah. If you own a chocolate company, make that happen. Seriously. I got I got some folks and I got some big chocolate folks. Big chocolate. <laughs> I'm a friend of uh, the chocolate, chocolate industrial complex. <laughs> They're known as the chocolatiers. <laughs> we need to make chocolate, chocolate locally. Wow. There's something, parts of the world like that, that you can't, like, th there's no hope in, like, oh, chocolate can be made local. Like, everything can be. Like, we've developed taste for things that are made halfway across the world. I mean, Kenzie and right. her. Like vanilla. Or out of vanilla, season. Vanilla, yeah, or out of season. Oh. Like, like, I personally am a big fan of croton, which is only in Bali, Indonesia, and all these things, to the point where it's, like, if the world, like, started becoming more local, like, everything in America that you buy is made in America. Right, right. We'd be SOL in terms of, like, like oh, I think then really it might be time to move to... You think it'd be good for us? Yeah, I think it'd be great for us. Yeah, I mean, how much, like, I really am coming to the conclusion that everyone has different diets, partially based on, like, that's the only, like, race-based thing that I'm starting to make a differentiation on, is like, I think people of different races, I mean, literally, like, lactose intolerance is a great example of it. Different races have actually different eating things that, like, do well in their stomach and stuff like that, and we're trying to, like, homogenize everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, like I mean, they, like, tell everyone, oh, this is nutrition facts. It's like, no, this is nutrition facts for you. These are current nutrition facts. Nu current nutrition facts. Nutrition facts, facts seem to change. You're living decade. a soylent life. Speaking of, that's a pretty big change in your life. What's it like eating a mostly liquid diet? Uh, I'm, I'm very, very used to it. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not. It seems like I'd get a stomach yeah, ache. I, I, I used to do liquid diets when I was running back in the day. Um, yeah. Seems like that wouldn't be good, right? Uh, I guess they they always eat those like uh, carb carb heavy uh, gummies and stuff like all that, don't of, they? All kinds of crap. Yeah, I mean running is like the epitome. Of, like we had a like a professional runner like runs with Olympians on the show not too long ago, um, and it's like really cool in many aspects. It's like that person's honing in a skill that not very many people would get to experience. But in terms right. of, like doing good for the world, it's like I would feel very empty. Uh, devoting that much of my time and energy to us. And I just say that as a cop-out because I'm never going to be a professional athlete. <laughs> right, sure yeah, I mean... Inspire people. Running's such a weird one, too, because it's like, hey, here's this thing that everyone can do, but... I'm good at it. Some people are just really, really... Some people are unbelievably really, really good. good at it. It's, yeah. it's yeah. astronomical. <laughs> and they all are exclusively heel runners. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Something I'll never let Sorry. up on. Now that I know how much uh, the kind of battle and fight I'm up against, I'm up <laughs> against scientists saying the opposite. That's my biggest anti-science statement: is that I think you should walk and run whatever feels comfortable for you as a person. Much like diet, I think some people like are made to walk on their heels. I'm one of them. Yeah. Watch me have so. Watch me have horrible knees and ankles in let's, ten years. Let's 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 talk about everything. this again in ten years. Yeah, seriously, I regret everything. Twenty-three year old. The question you asked earlier. <laughs> Um, about what you should prepare for. Um, when I turned 30, overnight, I started healing slower. Really? Yeah. It, I, you know, a handful of changes occurred. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what's up. Yeah. Got to be really careful with in uh, injury. I'm slightly drunk. This is, again, a handful of times that I've ever gotten drunk on the show. I am sauced right now. Nice. <laughs> but again, I don't have to drive. You don't have to drive. We can drink as much yeah. as we want. I have a... Uh, vodka, but if anything, we should just make more uh, uh, margaritas after the show. Again, I got sure. margaritas because your partner's name is Margaret. Mar she's going to come on the show right when she comes back from her uh, Seattle trip. You went opposite yeah. directions, south and north. We're going to. Well, have she actually went to Michigan. Yeah, oh, to oh, I don't even know why I had she went, Seattle in my mind. Went way east. That's nutty. That's yeah. a long fucking flight. She's right now on Beaver Island. Whoa! It's like an island in the middle of Lake Michigan. Interesting. It'll be funny if people listening will be like, she'll be on a show in like one or two weeks. She'll be an episode. Yeah. People will like point back and they like all. Oh. How exciting. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be exciting to have. Yeah, she she called me today using um, like Wi-Fi. There's no no service on the island. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Man, it's like a tiny little island. You guys should check it out at some point. Weird. It'll be fun. It's funny. Just today on Reddit, I saw an island. Uh, in the in one of the Great Lakes for sale for like four million dollars. It was like two hundred and thirty acres. Dope. You'd be like, man, what could you grow there year round to make that like a sustainable like place? But how sick would that be to have an island yeah. and you just live there with like your ten best friends and everything you grow there is like you eat. Like that's the goal. But fuck, if if I mean I don't know if you've ever grown a garden. Kenzie and I are starting to realize that 
that's a pretty hopeless goal is to like grow everything you eat. Yeah, um, my 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 dad's got like my dad has a few hundred acres of farmland. I definitely have an idea of what it takes. I didn't realize it was farmland. Yeah, yeah. Wow, because that's like uh, what are the main thing they grow there? They grow all kinds of stuff. They grow rice, onions, watermelon. Um, What Mm. else do they grow? Is that part of the Fertile Crescent? That, I don't know where it is. Is that just northern Africa, or is that going to the Middle East? This is in in southern Pakistan. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the Fertile Crescent, like or like where humanity was born, is it North Africa or there's, South Middle East? There's the Same two area. veins, right? Mm. Like the Tigris Euphrates, Fertile Crescent. You say this as if I know this. I have no idea whatsoever. I could I could actually use the school lesson the on geography. We might might as well verify it. We, put, we we have a map right there. There you go. <laughs> might as well verify. <laughs> That's so funny. I, like the only thing that's drawn on that map is the Fertile Crescent, that's just so to re- you refer to. It's like, uh, and religion was born right there, and humanity started right, uh, right there. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna put it upside down, but yeah, so much of this room's gonna change. I actually just put up a lot of this art. I used to, dude. Literally, I wrote the episode and the name of every guest who came, yeah. and half of the guests. I forgot to erase, so it literally said the last episode and the last guest name as someone was here. Like, imagine oh, really? you hear your episode, like, 130 or whatever, and it said episode 129 and uh-huh. a different person's name. You'd feel so disheartened. I'm like, I'm being rude as fuck by doing this. That's funny. So, yeah, things are slowly changing. Kenzie almost, uh, for people listening, wore a, a matching uh, coat to you, but she she wimped out because of the heat, which is... Yeah. Sensitive. Definitely the roughest part of living on a second floor. I hear that, man. Which again, you're living on the opposite. You're living underground, baby. Well, well I just got back from Burning Man. Warm you got life. Back from Burning Man. So, so this is not very hot. How hot was it there? If anything, I thought you guys had smoke. I, like, I was looking at the IQ Air map because I'm like, man, I hope uh, Caleb and Zoo are having not too much smoke in their lungs right now. No smoke. No smoke. Zero. Fuck, you had it better than we had. Yeah. Zero smoke. We had yeah. two hepas running. Perfect weather. We like locked off all the Shitty. windows for like a couple days. Yeah. It was absolutely perfect. Nice. It would cool off. You're just giving me more and more FOMO from the fact that I, <laughs> I didn't take up this opportunity. Yeah, it was it, perfect it, weather. It was the greatest burn ever. It like, couldn't. I mean, it could have been the opposite. Make it sound worse. It could have. It could have been three days of dust storms. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. And no but infrastructure to care for. You know? This was this. It wasn't like that. It was. It was cold enough to wear your favorite warm outfits and then sun would rise you'd get toasted up you'd bust an umbrella out party would keep going was it exactly where the traditional burning man is or because the organization wasn't involved was it like a couple miles so around if this it? was the map it was over here so you're you're a couple miles away yeah a couple oh. miles like north of yeah. the, the of the map. Do you think that the like the organization will be involved in it in the future? Or do you think people will just be like, well, we made it happen without paying five hundred dollars to that's, get in? That's what that's that's what the buzz was. Really? Like everyone was just kind of talking about, like, why don't we just do this every yeah. year? It was just like, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Fuck the organization. The whole point what of Burning Man is not yeah. to be corporate and organized. Right. You know? Organized. Exactly. Organized. Yeah. I mean, it's it just continuously got more and more organized and. By the end, there was like "fuck Burning Man" posters everywhere. <laughs> this is our there, own thing. People were definitely not stoked about what, where is, where does our money go for mm-hmm. you know all the money that they make with the tickets. Excuse me. I should have a Burning what Man are they doing with on the show. What are they doing with that PR? <laughs> right. Killer PR. I mean, every single person in the U.S. knows what. Because I mean, Man it's is. the people who put put it together, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's the camps that put all that together. The organization just makes you wait in line, and you get porta potties. So you don't have to wait like ten hours to drive out I mean, of you there. You just rent a porta potty. That's what people did. Nice. Dro- Boom. Dro- like drove in their own. Yeah. Trailered. You know, um, lockable, remote lockable porta potties. Burning lady. Burning lady. That's like the other the new one the new one <laughs> no no infrastructure a whole new organization comes out of it and they start charging money for tickets so they're like well we can honestly yeah, as soon as okay. enough like of a thing occurs people just try extracting money out of it like sure. there's some people who are super nimble with legality and like like fi- figuring out how to extract money out of anything good that's happening sure within a community like that's the, like for a lot of people i'm always like do you genuinely think top-down change will happen in terms of, like the next president will change the us it's like no like change is going to happen incrementally from small groups of people or small yeah. like places changing but then part of it is like every time that happens it's just thwarted by people coming in and being like well how can we monetize it? like i want to yeah. personally extract money out of this situation right. fuck those people yeah it, that does tend to happen yeah, I mean, it's it's all just like taking charge, wanting to control things, patting your pockets. Which I get to some extent having some like level of like, 
I feel like I have two or three years of runway or like however much like it feels comforting to know that you have enough funds that if your life goes to shit, you can survive for another couple years, you know, mm. like how much runway do you feel comfortable with? Like in terms of like, I want to know that I'm safe and comfortable for the next one month, three months, two years. I'm, I'm always going to be safe. You're always. always. Gonna, well, you're one of the luckiest people in the world then. Well, I mean, like I'm not just going to sit idle if I'm not comfortable. Like I, I've been working. I got my first job when I was like 11 years old. Wow. I had a paper route. Wake up at three in the morning and deliver close to 400 papers before I'd go to school. Holy cow. And worked, you know, throughout high school, worked if after high school. put that money into Bitcoin. That's <laughs> an 11 year old. You had the foresight. <laughs> Turning paper money into Bitcoin. Yeah. Everyone's just telling you like, fuck that. No, it's, it's Kenzie and I were literally just, I was saying like, man, the next uh, investment, like, idea is just to put 20 or 50 bucks in every single like altcoin that comes out yeah and one of them found a 3000x or 300,000x like ethereum mm -hmm. and then you've got it made it counteracts well, all the bad ones i mean for me it's more like i have worked and proven to myself i've created two successful companies that i'm, I'm not a part of anymore but having that experience knowing that i can build from the ground up gives me are there companies you can talk about <clears throat> yeah so one of the companies was um called day one collective which i have no idea about so that was a company that did custom fabrication for events festivals oh cool, cool, cool. which and you mentioned earlier with the thing that you mentioned earlier like building shade structures yes yeah exactly I didn't realize that like you'd built a company and then do you sell it to someone or do you just like move on? No. Um, well, what happened was uh, I was one of the original partners and uh, I built the sales department for that company and uh, my, my commissions were through the roof. So they wanted to renegotiate my contract to which, I, to which I said, that's never going to happen. Oh yeah. And so then hey, we want to pay you less money for the same amount of work. One of the partners, um, he had just lost you know, his side business because, because weed was legalized. And so he wanted to move back into the company and you know, one Internal thing led to another. Like that. Yeah. Uh, his, his dad bought me out. Whoa. And yeah, moved on. Is the company still around? I actually, um, went to their liquidation to buy up their machine. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. You're Did like at their good? funeral, essentially. Yeah. Like, and I, just, I bet that would feel good. You failed without me, suckers. Yeah. yeah. And then, what, was, what was the other company? The The other company was called uh, Honey Elixir. Ooh. It was... That sexy. It, it, that one I can't talk a whole lot about. But uh, every honey straw you buy at a, like, it's right there. <laughs> it, that's, we made it. Uh. <laughs> honey Elixir. You can't talk about it, though. Yeah, not too much. Um, but, yeah, that... That company had to do that. That company is a little bit different than than most of the other work that and I'm doing. Traditionally, what you've yeah. done, it's cool. It's 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 really nice to meet people who are into like physical goods. Because again, like you know yeah. me, I'm really far into technological goods and mm -hmm. technology, which I'm more and more feeling like less of a ro dopamine reward for. Like I mean, there's even a meme I printed it out where it's like you do a high functioning uh, <laughs> uh, like pre like, acti task. like executive tasks. Yeah. It's like really good for your life, mm -hmm. but it's all technology based. And because yeah. we're uh, monkeys at our heart, we don't feel any sort of like betterment from it. So we just mm -hmm. feel like you just wasted five hours doing something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fuck, man, there's definitely a downside to like working with technology. And that is at a, the core base of your humanity, you don't feel like you're doing anything productive or doing anything good. It's like, yeah. I'm curious how long till if ever humans evolve to the place where they feel like reward from doing technological stuff. It's like, it, it, we're living in the weird world, man. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we're yeah, the, um, the, so then, then after that, actually, I started a company a couple, a couple years ago, um, called Pangolin Manufacturing. Um, this, this was an entity that I created that before I could even, before I could even really get going, I, I pretty much got bought up. Wow. And Penguins are like the, ar uh, the armadillo-like animals, right? Yeah. They're like the little scaled creatures. Uh, just focus into that part of the story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so you, you got bought out and so that was going to be more of like shade structure stuff or what was that? No, um, that, that company, I was just doing some product development. Like I, there was a shade structure, a modular shade structure design that was getting a lot of traction, especially with COVID and with, um, you know, a handful of businesses wanting to have outdoor seating and whatnot. So 
um, there were a handful of of items that I, or products that I was working on that were pretty much um, commissioned for prototyping that were cool. that were in like different little segments like electric bike shade structure. This guy cares about your shade. This guy cares about you not getting sun on you. <laughs> Honestly, it's a massive thing. I mean, like that's why we need more trees and cities and stuff like that. Is like sun eventually zaps you. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, we need shade. Believe it or not, we hit an hour. Uh, do you have anything like like like? Do you want? I guess you're so low profile. You probably don't want people following you on Twitter. Or do you have like anything that you'd want to promote? And even if not you personally, like. Um, well, I mean, I, I I really do want us to you know, collectively look at what problems we face as a society and decide how we're going to approach these problems together. And, um, you know, we, we need to really look at, at, at the biggest problems that, that we're facing today. Uh, I, I, I would encourage everyone to um, continue to look at reducing footprints, um, alternative transportation, we really need to be preserving our, our forests. We we should we should really start accepting the obvious truths that 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 we're facing. It's um, a good way of phrasing. We should know, be facing the obvious truths that we're facing. I'm gonna honestly start saying that. That's a really good way of phrasing just thanks. how obvious it seems in terms of like, okay, we're having forest. Pretty much the whole East Co West Coast is on fire every year now. Right. This isn't normal. Again, we I, we all grew up here our whole lives. Yeah. We didn't experience this for 20 years, and now it's multiple years in a row yep. of some of the worst air quality in the world due to forest fires. It's right. like, whatever the solution is for that, it shouldn't be politicized. It should just be like very blatantly like we all know what the problem is. It's how much plastic we're using, how much fuel we're burning yeah. to make all these things happen. Well, it's it's funny because there's no like clear face of the enemy in this battle. Yeah. You know, except for Nestle. But yes. Just with them buying up water rights. That's one clear end. There are some clear ends. Monsanto. Enemies, yeah, but I mean, there's, there's, yeah. But then there's <laughs> also like this enigma of they this whoever involved like does this kind of work in the world's doing evil. Right. It's nefarious. It's nefarious. Dark head. You don't yeah. know what it is, but you know what you're fighting against. Not cool. Cool. Thank you very much for coming yeah, on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Bada bing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Gonging it up. Catch you later, everyone. Thank you for tuning <clears throat> in. Thanks. That was fun.